Good evening, and welcome to a very special edition of The Trigger Report. Tonight, not only do we have Nathan Groom stepping in for our usual co-host, Derek Cooner, but we have an extremely special guest. What if I told you he was an entrepreneur? What if I told you he was a bass player and a funk musician? What if I told you he was running for governor? What if I told you he was a professional wrestler? What if I told you he was all of the above? Tonight's guest is going to be none other than the Libertarian Independent candidate for governor here in the state of Tennessee, Vinny Vineyard. Again, I'm your host, Tyler Woodbridge. Let's go ahead and get this show popping. All right, as previously mentioned, uh, my co-host, David will not be present for tonight's uh, broadcast, but we do have uh, Nate Grooms uh, coming back in to sub for him. Uh, you might remember him from episode two. How are you doing tonight, uh, Nathan? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. How are you? Oh, you know, um, I'm just excited to bring in our special guest. Uh, he'll be coming in any minute now, so we are just awaiting uh, his uh, arrival. Uh, what do you think about today's slate of NFL games? Oh, it was interesting. A lot of the outcomes were surprising. A lot of sloppy play. Um, yeah, I, I was just I was in awe of some of the scores, but you know the the Buccaneers was kind of shocking. Baltimore, not that they won, but the, the score, the Browns. The Browns, I mean, a lot, everyone's zero and zero. Well, not now, but, you know, I mean, like, everybody had a shot, and you could really see that everyone was playing, like, to play for. Yes, yes, and, you know, to feed off of uh, the Browns, it's not every day that you see a tie in the NFL. It's not every day yeah. that you see the Browns not lose. And furthermore, it's not every day that you see a libertarian successfully pull off a run for higher office. That leads us into the introduction for our guest that I mentioned earlier. Uh, the funk master himself, uh, Vinny Vineyard, is now in the Trigger Report studio. Yeah, good evening, Vinny. How are you doing tonight, my brother? Toot, toot. It's time to ride the funk train, baby. Thank you for having me. Uh, oh, yes. All aboard. All aboard indeed. Uh, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, um, Mr. Vineyard here is a, a accomplished entrepreneur, a jack of all trades, a renaissance man, if you will. Why don't you tell our audience uh, what you're about? Well, that would take a day and a half, but I'll, I'll, I'll get it down to the skinny. I mean, right now, what we're looking at here is, uh, by the way, your picture on the anchor, uh, whoever that is, that's a handsome gentleman. That's a good, uh, good job on the, the picture there for the, for the trigger report. Uh, I appreciate that. Anyway, the, um, what we're doing over here is uh, pretty exciting. Um, I'm running for libertarian. Uh, well, I'm not a libertarian. It's the problem. Um, as an independent running for Tennessee state governor, and we were very fortunate uh, on August 2nd, we got more write-in votes with no ballot access in a thing I wasn't even participating in, and we got more votes than a Republican who has easy ballot access. So that has kicked uh, momentum and the Believe in the Funk gimmick uh, overdrive, and uh, we're excited over here that we're, that we're making some noise. Uh, yes, yes, and I got to say, uh, to, to fill in a little background behind uh, Vinny's run here for those that are uninitiated, it only takes a, a very small number of signatures for a Democrat or a Republican to run for governor of Tennessee, whereas it takes uh, so many thousands of signatures for a Libertarian or Green Party candidate or any of the other minor parties to run for governor. So in our way of sticking it to the man, in our way of raging against the machine, the Libertarian Party of Tennessee is fielding, well, not technically, but as independents, we are fielding 20 people uh, to clog up the ballot and make a point that if you can't let us petition as a party, well, we're just going to give the people the choices they deserve. And out of the 20, I got to say the most visible and the most effort so far has been coming uh, from uh, Vinny's Believe in the Funk campaign. Uh, so, so what's that been looking like? How have you been ramping up your efforts and what do we expect here in the weeks ahead? 
Well, I owe a lot. I've got a campaign manager named Amanda Ray, and if I, I swear to you, I'm not lying. If I had 20 of her, I'd win this thing in a landslide. Um, we have a very uh, planned out 60-day run for the finish line, uh, and we're really going to ramp things up around day 30. But uh, this week, I'm, I'm going to uh, – I've got three days off where I don't have anything planned uh, where I'm, I'm pretty much driving all the way into middle Tennessee and close to West Tennessee, putting up signs. And I'm also along the way doing uh, newspaper interviews and uh, hopefully uh, a couple of Memphis interviews over the phone. Uh, those aren't finalized, but probably including this podcast, about six interviews. And uh, excellent. It, yeah. And, and just to let the people know who listens, um, it is almost impossible to get any media attention as a libertarian. They think it's, they have no idea what to, they don't even know what it is. And, and there's, if you went out on the street and asked Tennesseans, what's a libertarian? Most people just think, you, oh, you're a liberal, huh? Because hey, it's yeah. the same. You know, they have no idea there's a difference. Um, and so, uh, a lot of this is education. A lot of this is planting seeds for the future. A lot of this is trying to get people uh, inspired to vote. I mean, this is a lot about choices. I think ballot access and the nightmare that exists in Tennessee and other states. But we, we have one of the top five most restrictive uh, states when it comes to minor party access to the ballot. We're one of the few yeah. left that that does not recognize libertarians as a, as a party uh, without jumping through a bunch of hoops. And now these the- regulations, aren't they like civil war era or like reconstruction era, like laws that just have not been overturned yet? It's really more, to, it, it might be, I'm ignorant on that, uh, it, what the specifics are, but to me it's, um, it's an intentional du- uh, duopoly stand against uh, competition. And yeah, as I preach from, and I've been doing this for over 10 years, ever since I found the gospel of Ron Paul, uh, the Democrats and the Republicans are exactly the same. Now, whoever's listening to this may go, no, they're not. And I'm not talking the voter. You know, you've got a hippie that smells like patchouli under a tree playing a guitar and a businessman, <laughs> the briefcase. Okay, those guys aren't exactly similar. They're more alike than they're not which is another lie that everybody tells everybody is how different we are we're not really that different but at the top it's all about gathering money it's all about greed it's all about fame and it's all about power it has nothing to do with anything you care about they exploit the religious they exploit the patriotic they exploit minorities they exploit the poor and they do very little. They give us a little. It's like we're a junkie and they're the pusher man. And they're just giving us a little bit so we don't drop dead, but they don't give us what we really want. And the cool thing about being a libertarian is if, if when libertarians win offices, everybody wins. Prosperity goes right. up. Peace goes up. Choice goes up. Uh, governance, go, uh, self-governance goes up. You do what you want to do. Um, and, you know, it's it's basically you you get to do you get to make any peaceful choice you want to make and the right to swing free you, the right to swing your fist freely ends at your neighbor's nose you can do anything you want to do unless it hurts or harms or potentially harms or neglects and right. uh, and i think the duopoly to go back to your question uh is scared of the libertarian party and other parties because especially the libertarian party i think most tennesseans are libertarians I think most people. No, I'd agree. I think most Tennesseans don't care what people do in their bedroom. I think most Tennesseans uh, do care that the government has their hand in your pocket, and that's basically a, a simplified um, version of what being a libertarian is. You know, get the government out of your pocketbook, get the government out of your bedroom, and let's rock and roll. 
Amen to that, my brother. Uh, so, yeah, you know, speaking of uh, people being in it for like the fame and, you know, the power and everything, it's like uh, it's like you told me in a previous conversation. Nobody had really heard of Bill Lee until like a month before the primary. He kind of came out of nowhere like an RKO, if you will, and took out Diane Black and the other uh, competitors. So what what's Bill Lee's story? Like, how do you juxtapose against Bill Lee, who I think would be your greatest competition this election well the, the big thing about bill lee is that as good of a man as he is and in my campaign believe in the funk already has two victories and i have never voted for anybody for any office that has ever won except in, i voted for bill lee against diane black on the august 2nd election i didn't even write my own name in so i got <laughs> right on because i was trying to get diane black out uh, good move, good move. Diane Black is just absolutely abhorrent and just n- not a good choice for the people of Tennessee at all. Well, she was Hillary Clinton 2.0, man. She was awful. Amen. She was a mess. And if for people that don't realize, Hillary Clinton is a Republican, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, um, she, she's a corporate shill, and she was against uh, medical marijuana because her husband is a freaking crony uh, 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 Big Pharma. Guy. For big pharma, yeah. So, Bill Lee, as good of a man as he is, and an underdog that came out and just kicked the crap out of everybody, uh, as cool as that is, he is not exciting, and they're not campaigning. In fact, when I'm putting up signs, I don't see anybody else's. I don't see Carlteen's signs. I don't see Bill Lee's signs. I don't see anything. It's really weird right now. So, right. there's no energy. Um, I think people are kind of resting on their laurels. I don't know what they're waiting on. But uh, and if you hear uh, Carl Dean or Bill Lee talk, there's just like, well, we're going to form a committee and talk about this particular issue and we'll figure out this. And I'm kind of worried these guys are just like they didn't think they'd win. And they're just kind of like, oh, no. But with my platform and it's really a libertarian platform, there's tons of ideas. There's tons of new ways to think about certain issues. And that's the thing about me as a candidate is uh it doesn't matter you know if there's a, if there's a house on fire there's one way to put it out there's not a left right. and there's not a right wing way to put it out there's a problem let's solve it there's not a political thing it's just let's do what's makes the most sense saves the most money gives the people most freedom whatever we can do if we can answer all those questions as we do it hip hip hooray and, and that's what we gotta roll with and i've got a lot of ideas and a lot of platforms uh, that will get the ball rolling in the right directions. Uh, I don't know what to think about it. So I right. think we have ideas, and that's the big difference, and we've got energy, and that's the big difference. Uh, and now we could catch uh, your entire platform on believeinthefunk.com, correct? That's correct. Right on. Uh, hey, you had something to say uh, there, Nathan? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask one question real quick. Um, sure. If you had to pick three, three things that are um, – the most important to your campaign or the most important to people of Tennessee that you want to work on? What would be the three major issues that you're campaigning on? I mean, obviously there's more than three, but the, the big ones, you know, the healthcare, the schools and ballot access for minor parties. Um, number three, I'll go in reverse order. Ba- ballot access is huge. We have no choice. If you, if you, we have no choices, and that limits freedom, and that limits this uh, democratic process. If you go vote in a lot of these districts around here, especially in Middle and East Tennessee, nobody's running against nobody. Congress has, and state senates and stuff, have uh, approval ratings around uh, the level of hepatitis C and car crashes, about 13 percent, uh, which, weirdly enough, people uh, like hepatitis C, uh, you know, 13 <laughs> percent of the population. So. And nobody's running against anybody. And Democrats know they can't win. And I'm encouraging people, run for office. And let's get this situation rolling to where it's easier for a Green Party member or a Democratic Socialist or a Libertarian to run against this, these two parties, which is, in my opinion, the same party. So a lot of it right. is jumping on somebody's neck and telling them, and pulling out the uh, figurative knife and going, hey, buddy, let's get the nine parties on the ballot here. Let's make that a lot easier. Because to put a number to what you said at the top of the, of the interview, 
It's 25 signatures on a petition versus 33,844. It took. How's that even fair? It's not, and it's against the state constitution. The Green Party, the Reform Party, and the Libertarian Party have all sued the state, and they keep sloughing it off to the next session. Oh, we'll look at it next session. Well, we'll look at it next session. And they keep. I won't want to bore your audience or anything, but they keep moving the goalposts. They keep increasing numbers. They keep changing the timelines, and it's ridiculous. So that's number three. Number two is schools. Schools are archaic. They don't educate our children. They're not safe. Uh, They're not – I mean, it's not 1941 anymore. It's time to move to the future. I would propose cyber schools for kids that are not fitting in with schools who want to accelerate their education, who actually want decent education, who actually want to learn what they want to learn, who actually yeah. want teachers that can actually answer questions. Uh, now, you know, you talk to my daughter, you know, she, she's talking about uh, these teachers these days are bullying the s- students to fit in with the cool kids. Let's just cut out all this weirdness. There's puberty happening, which happens. So, you know, you got about, you're around just think of it this way when you're in school you're around more single women if you're a guy than you ever are in the rest of your life and they're trying to tell you about dudes and wigs and the magna carta you're not worried about that <laughs> your eyes are locked on everybody's rear ends going jesus i can't think straight it, it cyber schools are about, and they're safe you know if you put your kid in a cyber school uh you know they're not gonna get shot up uh from some strange gunman and a lot right. of people say, well, we want our kids to socialize. Well, you can talk to my daughter. You can talk to my niece and nephew who are like my kids. Uh, they'll tell you the socialization at the schools are sucking. If we all remember, it's all about fear and not being picked on and picking on people so nobody will pick on you. And the cool kids uh, are just as yeah, I, as everybody else. Yeah, if I could cut in on that to just uh, plug one of our contributors, uh, Ms. Uh, Carrie Glazer, uh, she's homeschooled four of her kids in Florida, and she's actually going to be uh, starting a series here soon on the Trigger Report about the merits of homeschooling, cyber-schooling, unschooling, uh, vouchers, all kinds of different things that can help enhance educational opportunity. So, you know, stay tuned to this space later on to hear more about uh, Ms. Clauser's exciting series about homeschooling. But now, yeah, let's go ahead and kick it back to your final point. It was, uh, of course, to recap, we had ballot access, we had schools, and number one was healthcare, right? What's your plan for that? Well, I got to, you know, I'm a type two diabetic. I own my own business. I make pretty good money. I don't have health insurance right now. I haven't had insulin in nine months. Uh, Oi! Most of my friends do not have insurance. Um, regular people don't have insurance, um, and that's crazy. And don't understand the Republicans who just wanted to repeal Obamacare. Get it out of here! And now it's like, okay, now what do you got? And they're like, well, uh, there's no answer. So the best way to go about it is we know Big Pharma is controlling all of this jive anyway, and they're crushing medical marijuana, and they're crushing bills for decriminalization of drugs, and and they want their own synthetic uh, drugs being shoved down at everybody's throats. The first step, and I've got a 36-year-old friend who dropped dead this year because she had no money to go to the doctor. A beautiful Aww. soul and a wonderful human being who died in her sleep um, because she couldn't afford her own medicine. Um, wow. One of the best things to do, one of the easiest things to do is we investigate what we should do is open up free markets for medicine. So yeah. if... I have to pay $100 for a, a Lancet pen for diabetes, for insulin for my diabetes in America. Maybe in Cuba, maybe in Israel, maybe in France, maybe in Canada, I can get this thing for three bucks. And that way I can afford this jive myself and other people can afford their own medications themselves and not have to worry about insurance at this point until they figure this junk out and figure out how to save Medicaid which all anytime the government gets involved in anything, it's a disaster. That's why I'm a libertarian. That's why I don't believe in the death penalty is I don't trust the government with anything that huge. That's why I don't trust them with anything. Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with uh, the work of uh, our fellow Tennessee and Hannah Cox with conservatives against the death penalty? Oh yeah. I've seen her jive on, on, uh, on the Facebook, on the Facebook life there. Yeah. I've seen that. She's a, she's a, she's a trooper. Yeah, you've done a lot of good work. 
yeah and it's just uh one of those things that uh that's another one of those things common sense you know i mean it's it's weird to me that you got people who uh it's weird on both sides you got the pro-lifers who love the death penalty and the pro-choicers who hate the death penalty it's just kind of weird I, uh you know i think you know non-aggression principle we ought to value all life and and uh anyway that's my two cents on that but yeah the health care is amen Healthcare is a gimmick we can start rolling on and and uh, and f- open up the free markets so people can afford to buy their uh, medicines uh, from anywhere. And also, I got a lot of friends who need. You know, I've got a guy, uh, you know, a guy that's got con- concussion syndrome or whatever it's called, the CD something. I can't remember, but he's uh, CPD. CPD. You're exactly right. He's kind of, he's the guy that uh, he's got what Benoit had before Benoit killed his old family and stuff. Uh, uh, rough situation. That was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Ugh. I was a big Horseman fan. Uh, yeah, a, a fan. And uh, so anyway, uh, and then I got a friend with Parkinson's disease. You know, the stuff that would help this uh, these people. Man, it, I don't smoke marijuana. I'm one of the weirdest libertarians you'll ever meet. I don't smoke. <laughs> I don't smoke weed. I don't do drugs. I don't drink, and I don't own a gun. But I think all this stuff should be legal, you know. I I never had an abortion and uh I'm not gay and I'm not gonna marry a gay dude. Visit prostitutes, so but you know, all these things should be legal and and uh if people wanted to do these things. So anyway, those are my top three and there's many, many more gimmicks down the line that, that I'm concerned about and have ideas about. But those I'd say were the top three at the moment. Right, right. And so uh, one final big question that I'm going to have before we just kind of uh, open it up and chill for a little bit. Uh, I have an audience that consists, number one, of libertarians and conservatives and independents. Number two, Ohioans who are sympathetic to Tennessee's plight because they only just got back ballot access this year. And of course, number three, Tennesseans. You best believe I'm going to be sharing this podcast with uh, all kinds of groups and friends uh, over here in Murfreesboro and Nashville, uh, Manchester, you know, up and down the 24 and 65 pipelines there. And so my my big question for my audience is, or well, on behalf of my audience, I ask that there's people that are going to listen to this and your message is going to resonate with them. They might have a few free hours a week. They might have a few free dollars a check. What can my people do to help you win this race? Well, and, and I hate asking that, you know, a few bucks would be great. I've got to go fund me on uh, Yahoo. And then if you go to believe in the funk.com, you can donate through PayPal. And I've had a few hundred bucks, uh, uh, sent this way and I appreciate everybody that's ever helped. And, and this goes to, to buy street signs, which I think is probably one of the most economical ways to reach a lot of people as opposed to commercials, which are expensive and they just dissipate after one time seeing them. And then also, right. um, uh, we, we do, uh, we're going to start doing these, uh, Facebook ads in the last 30 days and they're pretty cheap too, actually compared to doing uh, television and radio but um oh you best believe i'm going to put you on a couple bucks when i put this podcast link up to help uh your message reach a few more ears my friend beautiful and uh and i and i appreciate you and any any libertarian podcast any sports or because i'm a go i'm a ghost hunter i'm a, a pro wrestler uh actor uh you know we do our own comedy bits every week on youtube and and uh own my own business so any any podcast i'm telling you what i'm a good guest i can sit there and talk nonstop for two hours and you could go like lay down and and uh and smoke some reefer and just let me talk i mean i'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> good guest anybody's got anything that can uh get the voice out because it's all about choices it's all about freedom and the great thing is you don't have to agree with everything i i say but that's the great thing about being a libertarian is it's all about choice you may you know, I'm a Christian white man. Like I said, I don't. I'm a I'm a teetotaler. Uh, blah blah blah. I'm a total square, really, when it comes down to it. But I support everybody's choices to do what they want. I'm not going to shove my religion down your throat. Uh, I'm not going to shove my choices down your throat because they're your choices to make. And and right, right. The, the secret of this campaign is, and the secret to every libertarian. This is what's got to get out there is that 
your life will be best under a libertarian government because they're just going to go away. And if you're scared, I don't know what a libertarian would be like in a, an executive branch position. There's a fantastic podcast, almost as good as the Trigger Report. But one of my oh favorites, shucks, yeah, I know they, they almost they almost get you a couple of episodes. They uh, it's it's a Pendulette uh, podcast, and Pendulette is the libertarian atheist uh, magician who's fantastic. Ben and Teller, a lot of great shows. Uh, probably one of the most. Um, I don't know, one of, one of the most uh, just sharp and, and just uh, ingenious. He's so intellectual. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Well, he, uh, didn't, he didn't win The Apprentice, though. I mean, that's... No. <laughs> Donald, Trump, Donald Trump fired him both times. And he's got a lot yeah. of interesting... In, in fact, Pendulette, being a libertarian, has a lot of interesting ideas about Trump and a lot of thoughts yeah. about Trump. But anyway, he has a podcast where he interviews Gary Johnson. And, and it was kind of... Cool. My hero. That's right. And yeah, Gary Johnson met me and my wife in Nashville a couple of years ago when I was running for another office. And he kept, I think he was a little high and he kept staring at my wife's boobs. And I kept saying, Hey, Gary, my eyes are up here, you know? <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, and I can't blame him, but anyway, the, uh, <laughs> so all I have to say is that he interviews Gary Johnson and it's kind of cool because it's kind of like, we got one when he ran, you know, he ran as a Republican, but he was not a Republican. In fact, the Republican party in New Mexico went freak. They freaked out when Gary Johnson won. Cause they're like, this guy's a freaking libertarian. He's not a Republican at all. So we're, you know, Pendulette asked him, what's it like? What, you know, and, and you think, you know, there's all these conspiracy theories about, they take you to a room and he said it was really, really, there wasn't anything really crazy going on. You know, he, uh, he just basically, uh, uh, got out of the way and he talked to the people and there were certain things and, you know, and, and Pendulette, it's a really good podcast to listen to because really to run government, it's really get out of the way, stop doing junk. The world works, free markets work, people work. Occasionally you'll need the government to go, okay, this is getting a little crazy over here, but get the hell out of the way. That's, that's the, that's the amazing thing about, uh, his win and how well he he was he won as a Republican. He really was a libertarian and it's a Democratic state. And he had massively high uh, approval ratings and was reelected. And he did his two yeah. terms and he was done. And the thing, what what a success. Yeah, the thing that stood out about Gary Johnson, his run as governor to me was he had the most vetoes ever for any governor. Mm-hmm. Stop making it. hundred plus. Yeah, Stop he was shooting down nonsense laws left and right that they didn't need yeah more you know just want to throw that in there oh yeah it's all good it's all good yeah you you make a law you you create a law you create a criminal and people are going to do what they're going to do and i start talking to squares about and vote. I guess I need to quit calling the voters squares. But when you start talking to the voters about, um, you know, decriminalization of heroin, they think all of a sudden everybody's going to run out and start getting heroin in the streets and start overdosing. Look, people, the government doesn't stop anybody from doing anything. You're a thief. You're a drug user. You're a guy that doesn't pay his taxes. You're a guy that beats his wife. You're whatever, whatever nasty grossness that's inside of your heart that you need to exercise or whatever, you're going to do it no matter if the government says it's legal or not. So if somebody is a heroin addict or somebody is a drug addict, do you want to call them a criminal and put them in jail? That's the worst thing for that person. Amen. The best thing to do is, is get them help, you know, and then people do what they want to do. Just, you know, just because it's quote unquote illegal, that doesn't stop anybody at all. So let's decriminalize it. And here, I'm going to tell you a personal story. It's kind of embarrassing. My brother-in-law is a pedophile, a disgusting human being. And it took him three times getting caught before he actually caught uh, serious jail time because there's no room in prison. Because we got Johnny Toke up and Mary Shoot up in the clink when we need to get them people out and get help and put real murderers rapists wife beaters uh pedophiles get them 
cats in in the in the in the big house and take all these guys that are just dope heads and and all these nonviolent drug offenders get them the heck out and and get them right out. and the pot smokers who cares let them stay at home and the economy will shoot up with uh you know papa john's and pizza hut orders <laughs> right right and and see that's the kind of a transsectional viewpoint that I think would allow you to appeal to a lot of people on the left that are more socially liberal. I, I think there's a serious intersection with uh, some progressives and some green partiers that are out there listening to this. So I, I definitely think you've got a broad appeal and I think continuing to get that out there is uh, going to help really get you some momentum. So I really appreciate hearing all your, uh, your viewpoints there. Hey man, I appreciate you. And the Libertarian Party is an is an American movement. It's about peace. It's against crony capitalism. It's against uh, corporation uh, corruption and involvement in politics. It's for the decriminalization of of drugs. It's against all wars. It's for prosperity. It's for lower taxes. It's strong First Amendment, strong Second Amendment. Uh, it's a win 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 down the board for everybody. And uh, if you want to debate me, I'm always on Facebook. You can always message me. Uh, I've got on the website, you can donate money to the cause because we're going to win this damn thing, man. I'm, I'm, we're going to put, I'm Mr. Muscle and Fuss, Mr. Hustle and Cuss. And we're not going to stop until the fight is done. We've been on newspapers all across the state, podcasts all over the United States. Um, and, and I'm not stopping you know, you can't stop a stepper in the words of, of Iceberg Slim from the book Pimp. You just can't do it. And I'm not going to stop Word. until it's it, until until it's over with, man. And so I'm going to. And besides, I'm the best looking uh, male candidate. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So, and, yeah, don't stop till you get enough. Uh, tear the roof off that sucker. That's right. And uh let me tell you something, um, you know, but we're going to be wrapping up here shortly. I appreciate it. You've uh, been a very gracious uh, guest. You've uh, been an absolute delight. Uh, but one question I have before I kick it over uh, to grooms to, uh, real quick. How did you feel when Brodus Clay stole your gimmick a few years ago? What was with that, man? Well, um, let me put it to you this way. I don't have I got into wrestling late in life. And uh, I never had the aspirations to be go to the WWE. Um, yeah. And because I value being independent. Uh, and, and I got signed and shelved as a rock musician back when Napster came out. And right. I realized then when they were making me wear eyeliner, telling me to quit being funny, telling me to dress this way. And I'm sitting there in a short jacket with that mascara on. And they were like, don't, don't write all these songs. We need 19 more songs like this song. It got to the point where I was like, "Corporate, the corporate world sucks. So right. I, I am Funkmaster V. I live and breathe. I played bass. I played over 1,500 shows, hip-hop, funk, you name it. I mean, that's what I am. You know, I'm from the inner city. It's what I am. A gimmick is a gimmick. And when it's not who you are, it falls off to the side. That dude's not even on TV anymore. And uh, that funk thing was, everybody saw through it. I mean, he was a big old black dude, whatever. But he didn't have any funk. He's a big old nerd. God, <laughs> nice guy. But you can see it. That stuff doesn't, it, it falls apart. And that's the thing about me. I'm 100% legit, Jack. And, like, if you go to my website, warts and all, I've, I've been interviewed in all sorts of papers. And they're like, you use a lot of four-letter words. Well, I'm angry. Uh, you know, I'm angry that, look, I'm a Christian and I have a potty mouth. That's one of my worst things. But I'll tell you something. I, uh, I'm angry that Republicans are snowed into thinking that they got to vote the Republican Party. That's their best uh, representation in government. When you look at it, the Republican Party is a dichotomy of Ayn Rand's teaching and Christ's teachings. How do you have 1% corporation greed? mixed with jesus and you've got people living in trailers without health care dropping dead because they don't have insulin voting for these rich fat cats because they talk about jesus once every six months and they're free. amen they are exploited your religious beliefs are exploited your patriotism 
is exploited. And if you're a Democrat, your freaking status as a minority is exploited and your low economic standing is exploited. You, you are being exploited. They are making fun of you. There's a recording that came out in the W's administration where they said uh, that the, uh, the, the religious right will always vote for us no matter what we do. And right. aren't they right? God almighty, they, they elected Donald Trump the, the pussy grabber. And uh, you church, know, you know, and it's like, and you guys cognitively, it's like, there's a, it's just this huge exercise in cognitive dissonance where you're sitting there making excuses after a guy who, when he was asked, what's his favorite book of the Bible? He goes, all of them. That's what a four-year-old does. He's a goofball. <laughs> hey, I, I like all of them. They're all great. Yeah. Is that right? That's what you say when somebody asks you, what's your favorite part of a certain book you never read? And when they ask him, what's the favorite book he ever, what's your favorite book? Uh, Art of the Deal is my favorite book. My second favorite book is the Bible. Are you kidding me? And you guys just put on these blinders because you hated Hillary Clinton so bad. Good right. grief. That's the danger of this duopoly. That's the danger of fear-based uh, politics. I'm sick of it, and it's time for us to have a choice. And I'm. this is your choice. This is your opportunity. You, you don't have to vote Republican. You don't have to stay at home. You don't have to vote Democratic. You can go to the ballot box. You can see anybody on the Tennessee 20 that's listed as an independent. You can find my name, Vinny Vineyard, and you have a chance. I've already beaten one Republican already this election cycle. I've already <laughs> yes, sir. In a, I wasn't even participating. I said it was like I, I got fifth place in a NASCAR race and I didn't even get out of bed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, we, I hadn't even tried yet. So, I mean, this is what we're looking at. This is our opportunity in Tennessee. And, again, it's not about me. It's about choice, and it's about having the opportunity to have a libertarian govern you, which everybody will dig on because that means everybody gets to do what they want to do. And evil corporations will go away uh, as best as I can do it, and common sense governing will be here. And we're talking about new industries. We're talking about safer schools. We're talking about healthcare ideas. Uh, instead of the same old, same old, it's an, it's an right. opportunity. It's not about me. It's about the people. It's about the nation. It's about the state of Tennessee. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, you are a genuine guy. I can tell your passion and your humility and your humor is all shining through here tonight. And uh, again, I'm so pleased I could have you on the show. Uh, Nathan, uh, do you have anything else uh, for uh, our uh, guest Vinny Vineyard before we start wrapping things up? Uh, I just want to say what he said kind of uh, rang particularly true to me when he says, I mean, you think about this. You have two candidates that everyone hates. Either they hate Donald or they hate Hillary, but everyone hates them. And no one stops and says, why are there only two candidates? Mm. You know, they're all they're all focused on the hate of the other person. But no one's questioning why we have such such terrible candidates in the first place. You know, out of all the people in the world, those are our best two options. I mean, really? The, the problem is the two-party system, right? You know, two candidates, that, that's the issue. Not, you know, Donald is this and Hillary is that. It's why isn't there a third person? There's got to be a third person. Why can't, why can't Bernie be in this race? Why can't uh, uh, Ron Paul be in this race? Why can't we, you know, bring in Gary Johnson? Like, all these people need to be in this race. We shouldn't have it down to two at the end. It makes no sense. Amen. Yeah, you should never have more candidates for Miss America than you should the leader of America, uh, even though the former is certainly better looking. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hillary's got that booty. No, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I even said that. I, there was one time I thought she was cute, but that was a long time ago. I'm not, but anyway. The, Back when she was a Goldwater Republican in 1964, maybe. <laughs> probably. Yeah, it was a long time ago. She got her eyebrows done a lot. But anyway, the, the that's a great, I mean, that's a great observation. I mean, other countries have more than one party. Um, and what I think would happen, and, and you got to hold the, the media to this. There's this whole garbage philosophy that I can't participate in a debate unless I get 15% in the polling. Well, how am I going to get 15% in the polling if I'm not, uh, if my party is not respected enough to be even a, 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 a part of the process. 
and part right. of the conversation. And how can my party become part of the conversation if they keep me moving the goalposts and they keep changing diet guidelines? This is all intentional. And if you want to upset the political cart, if you want to really do something, because I think there was a lot of people that voted for Trump because they're racist. I think there's a lot of people that voted for Trump because he actually was conservative. There was a lot of people or he had uh, certain conservative uh, economic ideas. Uh, there were a lot of people that voted for him because they hated Hillary. There was a lot of people that wanted to watch the world burn. And there was a lot of people that actually thought he was a religious guy that was going to drain the swamp, which that's not true at all. But um, if you really want an outsider with principles and a philosophy to adhere to, instead of just being this wacky, flailing, crazy armed, uh, you know, inflatable guy outside of the fireworks stand, you have no idea. One one week, Trump's sitting there saying that he's going to get rid of due process and go after pistols, and he's praising a humanitarian nightmare in China. And the next week, he's saying he's going to get rid of uh, uh, marijuana laws, and, and then he's going to go attack a country, and then he's not going to attack a country. And it's just like, what do we have here? Uh, the, the Libertarian Party is not just a party. It's a philosophy. It's the non-aggression principle. And not to get off on a, a big tangent. But there are other options that exist. The Libertarian Party is not just a none of the above, like uh, the Richard Pryor movie. It's 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 an actual philosophy, and we do not exist on a two. And the world, the political world, does not exist on a one-dimensional stick. And that's what they tell you. That's what media tells you. That there's left and right. That we actually are in a sphere. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. We've been told that one side represents black people and people from another country, and gay people, and the labor unions, and you're sitting there going, what do all these things have to do? None of this has to, anything to do with each other. And the other one's like extreme capitalism, corporate greed, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, pro-life. It's like, what do these things have to do with anything? Not, it's, it's all skewed. It's from a one- yeah, Whereas the Libertarian Party, if you want to really boil it down and funnel it down to one core tenant, it's like, the, the Libertarian Party is the party of the individual, right? It, you know, and that's the one thing we uh, really want to stress. The non-aggression principle uh, essentially says, for those that aren't familiar, uh, boil it down. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. You know, right. the only laws that should be on the books are those of, uh, you know, taking away property rights or taking away life or harming somebody's uh pursuit of those ideals and, and so that's really what the libertarian party is all about all, all your freedoms all the time yeah and we're and we're not on a political two-dimensional line we're on a three-dimensional sphere opposite of us is socialism and then the extremes of these are nationalism and uh, communism national socialism and there's all sorts of points in between so when i get on facebook and i'm get i get called a knuckle-dragging trump supporter which i'm not or if i get called a socialist which i'm not it's just somebody locked into this one-dimensional uh, viewpoint, and they You're know that I'm not standing next to them, so I have to be the thing they hate. And these right. people are locked. If you're not with me, then you're against me. That's right. And it's just a very archaic way to think, and it's a it way to, to get us trapped in these echo chambers against each other where we don't right. want to – you're not my friend. Oh, you – I got blocked today by somebody who's a wrestling fan of mine. They're always like, you're so negative when it comes to Trump. And I'm like, cause he's a horrible, vile human being. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and go nice hair. I can't even say that. Um, <laughs> you know, there's nothing really positive I can say about Trump. I don't believe he's affected the economy. Well, I don't think presidents do that. When we go to economic class, I don't think they go, well, it's supply and demand and also what the president thinks, you know, it's, it, he doesn't have a lot of a bearing on, on certain um, economic structures, man. It, it just isn't the truth. He can tank it, but I don't think presidents can save it. But anyway, that's just, that's, we'll talk about that uh, another time. But, uh, you know, so just get, if you're listening to this, if you're not a libertarian, if you're not a third party person or whatever, just start exploring different ideas. And if you don't, if you're sick of corruption, the way to go about it is vote the incumbent out. One of the things I'm, yes, big, I'm big on term limits. I think I think the freaking Supreme Court judges should have term limits. I think everybody should Same. have term limits um, because once you get in there for so long, you know, when you first get your job, you know, you dress up so good for the interview. And the first couple of days, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'll do that. Yes, I'll pick the trash up. By week three, you're sitting there going, "Man, screw this place." 
Um, it's the same thing with politics. The longer they're in there, the more comfortable they get, the worse job they do. The more corrupt they become, their, their principles start to slough off. Get them out of there. Get everybody out of there. And, and if we kept filing, uh, just flushing in new blood uh, every four years for every position, um, this, this place would be a lot less corrupt. There'd be a lot more common laws on the books. I've always wondered, you know, along those lines, I've always wondered why we always have like the old, old, old men, you know, like they, they're not going to be alive long enough to see any of their policies in action anyway. Like, right. You're old men, like, what do, what do they care? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you they're know, I just, what a, a lot of people from that generation, what a selfish generation that was. And I could go into yeah, that. Right. I don't lose baby boomer votes, but, they were very worried about themselves. They're not very thinking about changing the world for the better. They're, they're, they, that generation, very, 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 well, they very, were told very, very, from a young age how special they were. Well, you know, that, they, you know, I'm just going to say, and they were. They they pretended somewhat. they they pretended they had it as bad as the greatest generation. They weren't as good as uh, parents as the Generation X. They did all the drugs. They had all the sex. They lied about it. They had a terrible. And now, career. and now they're the ones responsible for the participation trophy snowflake generation because they're the ones that raised that generation. You know, so, so we have them to blame for all the negative things that people spew about millennials and uh, the Generation Z guys, you know? <laughs> I, find that, I find that funny. They complain about the millennials, but they're the cause of it. Right. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about Gen X and the baby boomers now? Gen X is badass. Oh, no, guys? Gen X is tight. Yeah. No, no. I mean, Gen, Gen, the last good music came from Gen X, so don't... Amen. Yeah, I'm a big, uh, you know, classic rock guy, but I'm also, like, a real big 90s alternative guy. I'm real big into, like, the prog rock. And, of course, you know... Uh, uh, funk, you know, hey, if you could pick one funk artist that really captures the spirit of who you are, Vinny, who would that be? Uh, Trouble Funk. They come they, they come from my uh, area. They're out of Washington, D.C. They have a they do a special type of funk called Go-Go Funk, which which uh, kind of incorporates um, uh, African drum. Most Go-Go bands have two drummers. Uh, so they do a lot of African beats, but Trouble Funk is one of the best uh, bands on the planet Earth, much less funk bands. But um, and then Sly and the Family Stone is a favorite because the best bass player of all time, Larry Graham, played for them. So I, I dig on them too. Right on, right on. Uh, hey, that that's a good reminder for me to check out some uh, more Sly and the Family Stone. I want to get more into their deep cuts and all that. But uh, yeah, so um, you know, we don't want to keep our listeners up all night. You guys have stuck with us through an amazing show. Uh, I want to thank, uh, of course, uh, Nathan Grooms for uh, stepping in on short notice to fill in for our other co-host Derek, who cannot be here tonight. And no uh, of course, uh, Vinny. Again, I can't stress enough how great of a conversation this has been what are your final thoughts on the election and tonight's show and what we can do for the future like i said i've already won two major milestones in this i've already defeated a republican with easy ballot access and diane black went down in flames uh if diane black with all the money with all the tv ads with the supposed support out of washington if she can get almost fourth place in her primary I could defeat with the help of everybody listening and, and when you start spreading this stuff out we can win this election and it's it's a push for uh, you know a new day in American politics and just think if you're sitting there listening to this you're like I don't know if I want to vote for this guy or not if we if the Libertarian Party wins the state of Tennessee it will change politics in America forever and it will open up a floodgate that you know we learned in science there's potential energy and kinetic energy and right now there is tons of potential energy in the voting base in America all you have to do is take off the blinders if you've ever seen that Pink Floyd video where all the kids are falling into the meat grinder get off the damn convenient belt <laughs> go over say I'm going to take a chance and vote for Vinny Vineyard vote for a libertarian and if all we need is 225,000 votes, that's half the population of Knox County where Knoxville is. 
That's all we need to win this thing because most people don't vote. If you don't vote, if you're dissatisfied with Bill Lee, if you're dissatisfied with Carl Dean, if you realize there's no energy in those campaigns, there's no ideas in those campaigns, take a chance. We can change not only Tennessee, we can change American politics forever. If a third party person wins a major office, it's a game changer for the rest of America for the rest of time. So I know that's grandiose, but it's time for a change. The millennials are sitting here prime, ready for a change. I can debate you all day why democratic socialism is wrong and why it won't work because socialism never works. But if you want a, a none of the above vote, if you want to change things for the better, the libertarian way is, in my estimation, the best way to go because it's it's the most peaceful and it's the gives people the most freedom. Go to believeinthefunk.com if you want to learn more. If you want to donate some cash, do the same thing. And tomorrow night we're debuting Wrestling with Ghosts season one again on the YouTube channel. If you like paranormal comedy, uh, if you like paranormal shows and comedy, check that out. But moreover, believe in the funk, Vinny Vineyard, Tennessee State Governor 2018, we can do this. All we need is 225,000 beautiful people. I know we got beautiful people in Tennessee. That's all we need. Amen to that. And uh, if you've enjoyed the show and I appreciate you sticking around and listening to this, uh, please uh, like the Trigger Report, like Vinny Vineyard's uh, campaign and favorite BelieveInTheFunk.com. Uh, please share this podcast if you're sympathetic to the message. Uh, I'm going to be putting this out in front of thousands of people in Tennessee. Just think about the exponential number of people that can hear this message if just some of you share it to your networks, to your friends, to your family. And uh, again, my name is Tyler Woodbridge. This was a very special edition of the Trigger Report. Thank you again, Nate. Thank you again, uh, Vinny. Best of luck on your campaign, brother. I, I hope you take it down the home stretch and uh, pop the duopoly like uh, we know you can, my friend. Thank you, brother. I'm going to, you know, it's a knife fight and I've got my knives out and we're going to do the best we can, baby. All right. Amen to that. All right. So uh, thanks again for listening to The Trigger Report. This is Tyler Woodbridge. Uh, and uh, don't stop believing in the funk. Uh, live free or die. And have an amazing night. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you.